happy 801 day, Jeremy Bradford Pugh. And happy 801 day to you, <laughs> I know. I feel like we need like hand signals and all <laughs> yeah. sorts of things to acknowledge this I new a, holiday. We need a jingle for There we it. go. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Pugh of Salt Lake Magazine, also Secret Salt Lake City and 100 Things to Do in Salt Lake City Before You Die. We're going to cherry pick some good stuff for you folks here on 801 Day. But I wanted to talk to you first about this kind of cultural moment that Utah's having based on its predominant religion. We had Under the Banner of Heaven, Mormon No More. What's the keep sweet one about keep Warren sweet. Jeffs? Yeah. Um, and then there was a Mormon, you know, about the Mark Hoffman bombings that uh, uh, came out not too long ago. And there's just been a, kind of a a resurgence, I think, because uh, you know Utah does have a unique history in the United States, and also I think our state is growing. Many people are moving here and discovering some of these things that we've all kind of grown up. If you around. grew up here, if you've been yeah. here long enough, we are a peculiar people. <laughs> yeah, Mary and I used to call it the 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 this history, and then the religious stuff is kind of the Higgs boson, yeah. you know, or the water. If we were the water we live in yeah. as fish, and you the know, late Mary Maloof, yeah. Of Salt Lake Magazine. So you've, there's a piece about this, actually, in Salt Lake Magazine. Yeah, coming out in September, our, our latest issue, our uh, managing editor, Christy Porter, who's kind of become our de facto weird Mormon reporter and and talked about a lot of these documentaries and and, and projects that are drawing new attention to old things and, and, and sort tensions. of... Tensions. Tensions a little bit, yeah. Um, and And so we wanted to put together kind of a, a primer or a, a you know guide to the fundamentals of of mormon fundamentalism which yeah. you know part of that is the topic of under the banner of heaven they cover the lafferty brothers um and a lot of these arcane terms like blood atonement and, oh, yes. and all of these things people look at me like what okay, yeah and, no blood, uh, blood atonement. yeah and that and that you know i i i think it's just renewed interest in our state and the unique aspects of it. And um, I think they did a good job with that show. In fact, we, we have an interview um, in our story with Dustin Lance Black, uh, who is the writer and showrunner for that that series. People keep asking for season two, and I have to say, that was the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. But the, I think the seed has been planted, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a Mountain Meadows Massacre series coming up. I mean, there's some other oh, yeah. things you could write about. <laughs> I would be, it'd be, I would much more prefer some happy, happy, joy, joy, but you know, right. Conflict sells. Yeah. The mood of the country's a little dark, I think. Yeah. Dark, dark yeah. television, dark, mm -hmm. dark times. I want to say thank you to you and the folks at Salt Lake Magazine for including KRCL in your, your neighborhoods in Best of the Beehive in the recent issue for our new studios over here in the Guadalupe. Yeah. Happy to. We, we, I think the, you're the best new neighbor. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big KRCL fan, and it's really nice to see yeah. you. Also, this neighborhood's really becoming mm -hmm. a neighborhood in and of itself, and not that – anyway. And um, and I think it's just great to kind of have you more yeah. in the heart of the city. Well, we're here on 801 Day, but folks, 909 Day <laughs> is coming up September 9th, and we're going to have a big block party in the parking lot here. Check krcl.org for more details. And check tonight's show notes for a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about with Jeremy here, because we have got tidbits from across the 801. Yeah. If you were to put together an 801 bar crawl, where would you start? Take us <laughs> well, on that journey. Well, in the coming issue of Salt Lake Magazine, we, we sort of discovered something. I mean, it's not new, but for a long time, that part of Sugar House, like 11th East and 21st South, has just been kind of a under construction it going through its metamorphosis, um, you know, we all kind of lament the old 
the old sugar house. Uh, but I feel like it's kind of coalescing over there a little bit. There are, um, there's always, always been some good pubs uh, and bars over there. There's a Wasatch pub and the sugar house pub. Uh, but there's two new tap rooms, newish tap rooms, Hopkins and proper, uh, and they're excellent, uh, craft beer tap rooms are right across the street from each other. Uh, there's also a new quarters, uh, sugar house location opening on that same block. So for the next issue, we put together like this, like seven stop bar crawl that kind of starts at sugar house pub and wanders around the neighborhood down to campfire and the tap room that that's down there. Um, but you know, I think the criteria for uh, a bar crawl is to have, you know, walkable, bikeable area, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I feel like we've got a, a new bar crawl spot, you know, other than main street or something like that, you know, pr proximity of bars to, to each other is a key ingredient in any bar crawl. Another 801 neighborhood that's like that growing is central ninth. Oh yeah, definitely. You got water, Witch. I went and tried the pearl the other day, yeah. you got the scion cider room. All sorts of cool things happening over there. Yeah, in fact, we had that in our best of the one of the best that we have. It's like best neighborhood that's almost there, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's still there. in that state of construction. The but right the there. the guys at the Water Witch, uh, and the, now the owners of the Pearl and you know Lizzie's Kitchen have all been like great neighborhood beginnings, you know, yeah. like blended table is over there. The vertical vegan diner yeah. is over there, and I think you know, and you know, once we get the dust off of it it's you know it's it's an, uh, it's another great like destination and i think you know city planning being sometimes good bad i think that there was some good thought put into that neighborhood or creating a neighborhood you any know. bar any bar crawls outside of the capital city you might recommend um i, I mean obviously park city main street is always a you know i mean that that to me is like long ago salt lake city had had a law or an ordinance about the distance of between bars and that went away. And so we've had, you know, more groupings of bars, but, um, you know, park city's never had that rule. And so, you know, going up and down park city main street and getting the 12, $25 pitcher or whatever, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it is cooler up there. So, yeah. and they're kind of in their mellow season. So, so, so your next issue has the farm to cocktail. Yeah. Uh, so every year Salt Lake magazine does, uh, 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 uh farm to glass, cocktail contest. Um, and we gather bartenders. We have an awesome group of bartenders, what I would consider the best group of bartenders, even from Alibi, the Pearls in there, Lake Effect, um, Water Witch, of course. Uh, and uh, we challenge them to make uh, a fall cocktail using seasonal ingredients. Uh, and we also gave them a little extra challenge this time to say no pumpkin spice, because uh, that's really more <laughs> of a holiday flavor. And the bartenders really showed up. Our, our next issue will have 15 recipes and a guide to going around and trying all of these cocktails uh, at the individual establishments. Um, and you can vote for your favorite ballot stuff. Box stuffing is, you know, it's, is, is encouraged and many of the bars do. Uh, but they came up with some really great, like using really summery ingredients. And we're kind of calling the, the piece, like give us one more round of summer. And so there's a lot of watermelon, strawberry, you know, in these interesting combinations. And they really kind of, I mean, I didn't know you could make tomatillo syrup, but one bartender did. <laughs> so that is another bar crawl potential based on this article, which hits the streets when? It'll be out uh, September 1st. There we go. Yeah. So something to anticipate after 801 Day. Yeah. All right. Let's talk oddities, 
strangeness, eccentrics. We all know where you start, and that's going to be Gilgal. Yeah, I think if anybody wants just a little quick, easy dose of Utah weird, just the Gilgal's right there. You know, um, so I, I wrote about a lot, a lot of this stuff in my book, Secret Salt Lake City, um, and Gilgal's kind of the the cover boy of the whole thing. You know, you've got, where else are you going to find a, 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 a sculpture of Joseph Smith on a Sphinx? Uh, you know, and, it, and it, it's, it's kind of hidden. I mean, I think it, the word's out, but I know oh, there's yeah. many people who haven't even gone there. It's just a small little public park with kind of, mm. it's a nice place to hang out too. So yeah, it used to be just followed your nose to the wonder bread factory. Right. It's in that block. That's just <laughs> off seventh East and 500 South. It's now a County park. It was a huge, huge win to save that park. Right. It almost became condos. Right. Yeah. It was encroached and, and the friends of Gilgal and a lot of preservationists and our, you know, because it, it is a great example of outsider art. The name of the man was Thomas Childs. He was a, a, a stonemason. I mean, he, and he was, but he was also just kind of an insurance salesman. He was a bishop. Uh, you know, a lot of this is sort of LDS uh, mysticism and things that, and, you know, his, it was kind of his backyard nighttime hobby to make these massive sculptures in and bring in, you know, scriptural references and, and, and they're, they're cool. And, you know, again, he wasn't an artist, he's an outsider artist. And it, it's really wonderful that we have this that, that we were we were able to save that that little piece of it's now history. Salt Lake County Parks I believe yeah. has responsibility for it. My favorite part, folks, if you haven't been there, is the mound in the middle and the um, disembodied individual <laughs> yeah. and the scriptures around it. I also like the stripling warrior that's uh, made out of right. There's like he- there's like heads and mm. arms and, and grasshoppers. Like, grasshoppers. It's uh yeah, it's it's funky and. I don't know. I've I've taken some nieces and nephews there. It's a fun place for kids to like walk around because they can kind of climb on things and check stuff out. So when our new boss gets to town, officially, <laughs> definitely going to take him over to Gilgal. What else is on your oddities and eccentricities list? Um, the Summum Temple uh, is a pyramid over on the west side. It's also near the old. Fisher House, which was the sort of the, pro, the scion of Fisher Brewing. Um, so the, and that's kind of a nifty thing. You can walk around the, it's one of these old manses, but it's often a very kind of tucked away corner of Western West Salt Lake. Um, it's set in an, just a neighborhood mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's their, you know, I guess international headquarters it's religion. <laughs> of, uh, of this, uh, this, this, they practice notably uh, mummification. Uh, as part of their rituals and stuff. And you can get your pet mummified there for a fee, if you wish, if that's how you wish to preserve Fluffy. Uh, and they also do human mummification. So if, I don't know if you're in the market for that. Good but. thing to know on 801 day that you can get that done right in the 801. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, you know, another thing that I think is extremely odd it's out. There's a lot of odd things out west in the Great Salt Lake. There's uh, two in particular that would make a good drive is to go out to the Bonneville Sea Base. Uh, at some point, um, a diving enthusiast, scuba diving enthusiast, uh, just dug some holes in the ground out there and filled them with sort of a brackish water and that you can go scuba diving out there. And they have sort of this odd menagerie of saltwater tropical fish floating around in there. Um, and that it's just a, like what, you know, someone had a, had an idea and they brought it to fruition, mm-hmm. but people get dive certifications and things out there. And, um, they even have a very deep dive, which is like a 60 foot, which is a really 
60 meter dive, which is big deal called the abyss, which is literally just a very deep hole drilled into the, into the dirt. Um, and that lets you experience deep water diving. And then also out in that neck of the woods is Yosepa, which was, um, uh, a Hawaiian, it's a, it's a ghost town. Um, and there's still markers and graves and things out there and some really cool signage, but it was a, it was a, in, uh, what would you call it? a settlement, um, of Hawaiian immigrants to Salt Lake city. And, uh, a lot of them came because they were converted to Mormonism, uh, in the Hawaiian islands. Uh, the LDS church had a lot of missionary success in the Polynesian islands in general. Um, and they, they took these poor people from this verdant island and gave them this land out in a, in a charmingly named place called Skull Valley, uh, and aptly named, uh, yeah. and they made a go of it, um, dry farming, which, and doing some cattle ranching and mm -hmm. things, but eventually the, you know, kind of collapsed under its own weight. Also, many of them left, returned to Hawaii to help yeah. build the Hawaiian temple. Well, and the story of that, folks, Josepa, is actually there's a documentary in the works that's uh, happening over the next couple months. I can't wait to see that documentary because it's being made by Pacific Islanders. Oh, fantastic. So they're going to tell their own story because its founding is actually fraught in its its time when it was set. There was racism involved as well yeah. as religion because it's right. out in Skull Valley, right? Right. There was and a, there they was made a, it bloom. Yeah. and 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 there was that you know, they, they got all these people here and then there was racial tension and mm. irrational fears about leprosy and, um, and all of that. And they said, well, you can go out, you know, I mean, it's a kind of a long drive now. I imagine in those days it was quite a haul to get out there. So, well, that brings me to the topic of road trips and you've got a good one in mind. If you're looking yeah. to take a road trip in the 801 and we're using 801 folks broadly, it was the original area code <laughs> for the beehive state. Right. If you, yeah, that was, if you've, you know, if you lived here long enough, you should have an 801 telephone number, <laughs> not a 435. Or um, a 385. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, like it's, it's, you know, the fruits coming on and I would say, you know, this is a, you know, pack, pack a lunch kind of stuff, but you could, um, drive up through Willard and Perry on 89, uh, head up I-15 and Old get off. Old State Road. Yeah. And there's, it's a beautiful drive. you know, it's called kind of Fruitway, um, Brigham City and Perry and Willard are still very orchardy kind of places and there's lots of little fruit stands to stop by pick up a watermelon get some strawberries lunch or dinner at maddox and then yeah maddox restaurant i i just sort of love that place i grew up my grandmother lived in pocatello so it was like the family well we got to stop at maddox you i know, think you way. and i have talked about yeah. this before because my grandparents <laughs> lived in twin falls and so right. up uh, either on the way up or on the way back right yeah and you know get the chicken fried steak the root beer is fantastic. The son of the original owner, his name is Irvin Maddox, and I used to pal around with him and when he was in college. And his main contribution to the family business was creating an excellent birch root beer. There you go. That's on the menu. So there you go. You can sample the root beer. That's 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 <laughs> my family's kind of pub crawl. So Maddox, and you can see the the cows out in the field still. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, they used to, yeah, it used to be kind of a, like a lobster tank kind of situation where you could kind of pick your <laughs> yeah, cow. Yeah, they fix that a little they bit. They haven't done, they don't do that anymore, but they do, you know, they do buy their, their beef locally and mm -hmm. source a lot of local ingredients. And it's just a classic, like American boy howdy steakhouse kind of place with good pie and, you know, good fixins and all that. Well, and keep going north, right? Yeah. I mean, let's make it a, you know, a, a big trip and you could keep you know, stop in, eat your lunch and head up to the, the golden spike at promontory point, which is a, you know, I mean, all that stuff 
you know, the trains met east and west. The country was united right here in Utah, way out in the desert. And, uh, but it's really cool. They have reenactments and, um, the, the, you know, sort of recreations of the original trains are there. Um, there's a lot of great history and, you know, it's a national monument, you know, something to check off your national park, national monument bucket list or part, you know, passport. Um, and if you're really feeling adventurous, you could continue out in that area to go out to the spiral jetty, which is this famous work of land art, Robert Smithson. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, it's now because the lake is level is so low, it's now fully out of the water. Um, and you can get some great vantage points on it. It's a cool, you know, Instagrammable thing that yeah. lots of people go do. So, well, if there's still time, stop at the Bear River Migratory Bird Refuge, and you can see pelicans defy physics. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite thing there is to spot the pelicans. Spot the pelicans. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic place to, for birders. It's also just pretty nice place. You know, it it's is. it's uh, and yeah, I mean the bird life there is abundant and. Well, and you can meditate on what might happen if the Great Salt Lake continues to exactly, shrink, right? That's because that <laughs> it's a migratory bird refuge. So these birds are migrating uh, throughout the seasons, and if it goes away, what happens? Yeah, that's one of their main, you know, truck stops. They yeah. stop by on the way to parts south and parts north. If you have time, folks, I would also recommend tacking on in the evening. You know, call ahead, see if it's open, the SPOC, Stansbury Park Observatory Complex out in Stansbury Park. We're going to take you on quite a loop for this road trip that we're talking about. might want to, yeah. But (laughs) on August 6th, Skywatcher Leo T is hosting a star party out there. It doesn't cost you anything. You just got to get yourself out there. They'll pull out the big telescopes if it's not too windy. And you can take a look at what will be the last integrated international space station because Russia just announced it's pulling out. Uh, so you can see <laughs> Sorry some, for some space bad history. Yeah, some space history or in the gone. making. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it is pretty cool. It's a nice spot out there too when the sun goes down, and you can pull out telescopes or bring your own and take a look at the. And Stansbury Park is kind of a funky place. There's it is. all these like homes built on like canals basically mm-hmm. and yeah. people boat they have boats and boat around their neighborhood <laughs> and there's a brew pub or two out there between Stansbury Park and Tooele yeah Bonneville Brewing's out in Tooele um, my friend Dave Watson's the brewer out there uh, you hey know. Dave yeah hey Dave <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and Twill is kind of fun and Magna are kind of fun too. All right. We're going to slide into fall, hopefully for not too much longer yeah. with these temperatures, but I'm thinking of haunted 801. Right. We're going to be coming up on September, October. Um, a few of things in my book, secret Salt Lake city are, uh, you know, I think it's just cool to go up to the Salt Lake cemetery, the yeah. one up above, up in the avenues. Cause you know, it's a sprawling big cemetery. It's really pretty up there. The grounds are lovely, but there's one grave. There's two graves up there that are worth seeking out. Porter Rockwell's yes, grave is say. up there where, where his epitaph uh, uh, that he followed the prophet's orders, which were the Joseph Smith had given him a blessing or a, a prophecy that, that no bullet or blade would harm him if he kept his hair long. Uh, so when you see pictures of Porter Rockwell, he always has this massive mane and beard. Has a Kit Carson look to yeah, him. To yeah, yeah, he's, he's a real frontier character, yeah. known as the Avenging Angel, the Destroying Angel. Nah. <laughs> of 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 yeah, he was sort of the the heavy, played the heavy, I guess mm-hmm. you know when something needed doing. But uh, so his grave's up there, and it's got an epitaph that says you know because he died of natural causes, indeed. Uh, fulfilling the prophecy and he didn't ever cut his hair. He was kind of like Samson in the Bible, I guess. Uh, and um, his epitaph says, 
that he has fulfilled his promise by obeying the prophet's suggestion. And then there's another grave called Emo's grave um, that we used to as kids go. And it's sort of one of those walk around three times and say emo, emo, emo. And, uh, and a band and, starts uh, playing. And, a band, <laughs> and yeah, Dashlight Confessional starts playing or whatever. That, that's probably not even an emo band. Um, <laughs> I need to get onto the youth radio show for sure. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, yeah, and then, you know, a mysterious apparition and face is supposed to appear. I, I, I think it's obviously, you know, the stuff of like high school hijinks and whatnot. But, but uh, it's also, you know, just a nifty place to go walk around, maybe have a picnic and, you know, you overlook the city, you overlook the city. Yeah. So there's always uh, interesting things to find on the graves. So do check that out. But what about Skinwalker Ranch? Oh yeah. We just wrote a, a, a well, through two or three issues ago, our, our editor, Christy Porter wrote a fantastic piece. She's into UFOs and, and, you know, close encounters and that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, Skinwalker Ranch, which would be way out of the 801, um, you know, is a place where many paranormal sightings have been recorded. In fact, there's even uh, a, a television show, you know, one of these sort of ghost hunter things. Paranormal. Paranormal uh, hunters. And the and the fellow that owns it uh, is a active paranormal, the ranch, uh, active paranormal investigator uh, and, you know, participates in this show and... Um, you know, it's the usual, I saw some weird stuff out there <laughs> at night, you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's another just great intersection of Utah's interesting history. It's connection to native American populations. Um, uh, just this, you know, Utah's this sort of strange state because it came, the way it sort of came to be and came mm -hmm. to pass was a mixture of, you know, of, of, you know, religious sects, you know, and uh, anyway, I'm not explaining that very well, but you know, it's just this great delicious frontier stew that I think is very different than really any other Western state. Most of them yeah. are like, we found some minerals and we went there and got them, you know, kind of thing, at least as far as the, 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 what, you know, the European migration, um, you know, we found resources, we dug them up, but here it's a different story. You know, these people came here to be, uh, left alone. Um, one of the things that in the research, my book, thanks Ken Sanders and Will Bagley, uh, RIP Will Bagley, uh, pointed out that at the time, basically the, the Brigham, it wasn't, I always make this joke. Like it wasn't like he just set off West and was like, like, you know, a dad on a camping trip and said, come on kids, let's, you know, we're out of the car. We're here. Uh, he knew where he was going. He'd sent scouts out. This is a little long story, but it's kind of, okay. He'd sent scouts out to um, Yerba Buena, California. He'd sent scouts down to Texas um, before they, you know, kind of bugged out of Nauvoo. And um, and this place appealed to him because he got reports back from his scouts in uh, California. Yeah, the Buenas. government is weak around these parts, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. And and he got reports back from the scouts. And this is right before the gold rush, right? And it was kind of on, actually. If you got there in 1849, you were late to the party a bit. Um, and so, you know, and they said, this place is great. And, you know, very, we this gold rush is happening. And Brigham anecdotally said, you know, well, that sounds like people want to be there. And we don't want to be where people want to be. So they picked this place out of the map because it wasn't, it was, it was in this, you know, kind of dispute between Mexico uh, and the United States, the, the Mexican American war. 
Um, and at that point it was sort of kind of Mexico, kind of Utah. And it was certainly not a, uh, a place that anyone was particularly interested in. So, uh, he said it's to declare this, the place, uh, and now we're all here. Yeah. Living in it. <laughs> and now there are new pioneers of 1847 recognized at This is the Place Heritage Park, another great pit stop if you're oh, wanting yeah. to catch up on the 801 at the mouth of Emigration Canyon. They just put Green Flake and Jane Manning James and some other folks uh, or memorialized them with new monuments that went in over the 24th of July holiday. And that, that park is an, another nice park. It's good for kids. I mean, and there's, you know, there's lots of cool docents and frontiery things and history to walk around in. And, um, I, I believe they still have the pioneer kids games, which is the, you know, these sort of like take a, a hoop and roll it with a stick, you know, these (laughs) anyway, I remember going there as a kid and I was just, I loved all those little dumb pioneer games, not dumb, just old. (laughs) There's quite a mystical quality to tons of things around the 801, from border to border, and one of them is the Lady of Our Lady of the Elm Tree. Yeah, um, it's it's a Toffer Park over on Seventh South, about fourth east. In fact, I, or third east. I drive by it all the time on my way to work, um, and uh, which is another nice park. Uh, but yeah, there it's is by the Senior Center. By the Senior Center, there is a, uh, a it's people in one of the knots of this tree thought they could see a, a visage of Mary, an you know, an appearance of Mary, uh, Guadalupe in this case. Um, and, you know, it became sort of a, you know, one of these draws and pilgrim shrine. shrine and they've built up some stairs so you can look at it. It has been defaced, unfortunately, you know, like you set on fire at least once. Yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer, but the, the, the shrine's still there and people if still you drive by. It. It's got a, a little stairs up to the knot and there's lots of candles and things right. like that. Yeah. And people still kind of go and leave yeah. flowers and, yeah. and, and, you know, the merry candles and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So good water is part of our current obsession. Same as it ever was. And there's this artesian well park that's been redone. In fact, there was a push to name it after one of KRCL's founding fathers and mothers, uh, Paul Wharton and Edith Hale, who used to live down the street. But it's a great park, and you can get the water free. It's yeah. got um, mineral quality to it. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of a group of, I guess I'd call them kind of water nerds mm-hmm. uh, that you can see filling up carboys and big jugs uh, every day. But Fifth East and 8th South. Yeah, and it's right by the bagel project, so you can get a bagel there. Best bagels in town, I think. Uh, and um, yeah, and I, and I, you know, we're all got water on the brain, I guess. And I just like, it's a very cool uh, cooling park. And there's also the spring that it taps into also surfaces over in Liberty Park on that uh, let's see, that'd be the south, north, south, east corner of the park. There's, there's a, a, there's a fountain, fountain. Uh, that, that always runs because they, if they stop it, it'll, you know, so people are like, you're wasting water. Well, it's, you know, it's part of the spring. So, and I think that's the best water fountain in Salt Lake. Personally. And they put a little, uh, spigot for your dog. Yeah. There's a little doggy one on there too. So. Okay. Well, we can't close 801 day without talking about the, the biggest, um, thing to look for. That'd be beehives. Yeah. Beehives are all over. I mean, um, I would say that probably the greatest concentration of the beehives is up at the state capitol. In fact, they're sort of like the big beehive. It's a big bronze. Yeah. On the current state flag till it gets redone. Who knows? We'll still be be there. But a symbol of industry, which is our state motto. Yeah. And I I was, you know, in fact, people 
always at, oft, visitors often ask, what, what's with the beehive? And, it, you know, I think it was, yeah, like this, it has actually a very nice, uh, it, it was about community and like building things and working together, you know? And I, you know, I think as far as things on state flags go, it seems pretty benign, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, talk a lot about beehives and, and it, it is actually like a very old style of beehive called a skep that isn't really used by beekeepers anymore, uh, for practical reasons, but, uh, it is sort of the classic beehive that you would think of and it's everywhere. Like, especially it's kind of one of those things. If you start looking for it, you will see it everywhere. Um, but yeah, the, yeah I'd say that if you want to go to like the big show, it's up yeah. in the state Capitol, another nice place to kind of stroll around. You can cruise down into memory Grove, walk up city Creek Canyon, you know, so maybe there'll be a protest going on. <laughs> <laughs> if you go on the right day and time. So I know I said uh, our final thing, but I wanted to give you the opportunity for some of your favorite picks. Something very 801 that we haven't talked about. So something that I think, uh, something very uh, quintessentially 801 is um, the Deseret Alphabet. Um, it's It was an alphabet created, a phonetic alphabet, which wasn't as weird as it sounds, because there was kind of a movement by started by George Shaw, who wrote um, Pygmalion and was a playwright and all this. He wanted to create like kind of a lingua franca, uh, easily learnable alphabet. And so there was kind of a movement in linguistics, I guess, at that time. And so in the early church history here, um, they designed an, an alphabet and it's got really cool, funky letters. And it was designed because they were having lots of people come from other countries. It was designed to teach people English faster. Um, and it's, it's its own language. Um, there are many outsider artists and local artists who have used it in their work. Cause it's, it, it has a really cool Cyrillic kind of look to it. Um, and it's also inside your computer. So there was a thing, okay, in the, when they were inventing computers, there was something called Unicode that was invented in one of the, uh, and so they were building all these like typefaces into the base for all computers. And one of those designers was, or software engineers was a, was an LDS man. And he, he put the Deseret alphabet in there. Um, it's in my, you know, I, I can give it in the show notes, but it's the instructions for how to find it. And it's still, uh, you, you have to kind of do a little clicking around, but it's still in there. Oh, yeah. We're going to so, totally put that yeah. in the show notes. <laughs> so we've taken you on a road trip around the state, some bar crawls, some oddities, some spookiness, and into your computer. Into your computer. For 801 Day. <laughs> so, Jeremy, where can people catch up with your books and all that you write? Yeah. I mean, uh, the magazine's available at like Whole Foods and Harmon's and other stores. You can subscribe if you like. And my books are available, Secret Salt Lake and 100 Things to Do in Salt Lake City Before You Die. Um, <laughs> is available, uh, you know, and locally, at, at definitely Ken Sanders, King's English, Wellers, uh, you know, try to go, try to go in there and pick it up there. Well, thanks so. for spending some time with me on Absolutely. 801 day. Yeah. Happy 801 day. I think this is, it's like a bonus pioneer. Day. It's like a new pioneer day that you're inventing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>